Welcome to Torah Talk, a program that challenges 2,000 years of misunderstanding and neglect of the Torah, God's law. In this show, we will be threshing ideologies by examining these scriptures in their Hebraic contexts. Our goal is to separate the wheat from the chaff, the truth from misconception. This program is sponsored by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation in Thornton, Colorado. Shalom, lovers of the Torah. Thank you for choosing to listen to Torah Talk. I'm your host, Pastor Mark. And today, we're going to be looking into the Torah portion, Bo. And within this portion, of course, we have the instructions concerning the great Passover event, the great Passover meal, the great deliverance of our God brought to us through his love and compassion, but with some conditions. And so I'm going to share a little bit on why our new year is in the spring rather than the middle of winter. And I will also share why the Passover is something that we do every year without fail. I will also include uh, some ideas in a nutshell uh, concerning the ultimate meaning of, of Passover and the fullness of Passover, what it means for everyone, for, for the Jew and for the Gentile. Uh, so thanks for joining, joining me. Keep in mind that this show is a midrash. It's not to be construed as a doctrinal statement or a theological treatise on the subject. I'm simply wrestling with the passages to better inform you as well as myself, and I reserve the right to change my mind on my ideas as I grow in the grace and knowledge of the Messiah. So I'm going to jump right into this Torah portion. It's such an exciting portion. It deals with the judgments poured out on Egypt and God's great deliverance of his people out of Egypt. And so I'm going to jump right into Exodus chapter 12, and we're going to look at just a, a few verses out of chapter 12 and make some comments and, and, and find some insights into these passages. So Exodus 12, 1 through 6, and I'll just go down through this, this passage. The Lord said to Moses and, and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall mark for you the beginning of the months. It shall be the first of the months of the year for you. And the month that's referred to in this passage, of course, is Nisan, and Nisan occurs in the spring. Uh, so the new years uh, for the believer, the one who has faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, that person's new year really is Nisan. It, 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 it comes in the springtime, um, which, you know, I think it's obvious to everyone that springtime uh, is the time in which new life uh, occurs and reemerges. It's a symbol of new beginnings, if you will. And this new year's that's marked uh, by our great salvation and deliverance is kind of a memorial to that great event, that great salvation, if you will, out of Egypt and into the promised land. And so uh, Nisan begins the months for us, marking, of course, the beginning of this great redemption that we read about in the Exodus. And I want you to keep in mind, too, that, that the, the first great deliverance out of Egypt, this, this early deliverance that we see in the biblical text, um, it, it's really a natural deliverance, uh, a physical deliverance, if you will, uh, of the people of God out of Egypt. But all of the symbols are, are, are there, pointing to uh, some deeper spiritual meanings. In fact, the sages point out over and over and over, that the whole Passover event and the Passover ritual is really designed to clue us in, if you will, to the greater 
deliverance that is coming in Messiah, that there's a spiritual, a greater and spiritual deliverance from sin and shame uh, that comes to us in Messiah. And so this whole event that we're reading about is full of types and shadows of that which was coming. And, and all of it finds its fullness in the Messiah. So keep that in mind. So in verse 3 of chapter 12, it goes on to say, Speak to the whole community of Israel and say that on the 10th of this month, each of them shall take a lamb to a family, a lamb to a household. But if the household is too small for a lamb, let him share one with a neighbor who dwells nearby. In proportion to the number of persons, you shall contribute for the lamb according to what each household will eat. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a yearling male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep watch over it until the 14th day of this month. And all the assembled congregation of the Israelites shall slaughter it at twilight. Okay, so think about this. The the lamb becomes the central figure in the Passover ritual. it's, it's It's the main focus. And they were to take a lamb into their home by families on the 10th of the month. And I, I would say, especially with children, you can imagine how that, how that lamb in some ways becomes familiar to the family. Uh, there's even a relationship that's built to some degree over those days in which the lamb stays with them. But then on the 14th of Nisan, which is the date of Passover, all of them were to sacrifice it. They were to participate in one degree or another with the sacrifice of that lamb. Now, what does that mean? Well, let's jump into the next uh, part of this, this passage. Exodus chapter 12, verses 11 through 13. This is how you shall eat it. Your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is a Passover offering to the Lord. For that night I will go through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and I will mete out punishments to all the gods of Egypt, I the Lord. And the blood on the houses where you are staying shall be a sign for you, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, so that no plague will destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So we see that um, on this night, the culmination of all the judgments of God that he was bringing on Egypt, this, this mighty empire who enslaved so many people, including God's people, um, that God was going to judge it uh, in an ultimate sense uh, by killing every firstborn child in Egypt. And the only escape from this judgment was the sacrificial lamb, the blood of the lamb. God says, when I see the blood, it's going to be a sign for you. And when I see the blood, I'm going to pass over and protect you from the full force of my wrath and judgment against Egypt. Now think about that. When I see the blood, the blood of the lamb is the very thing that's going to protect them from the judgment of God and the ensuing death. It's the blood of the lamb that protects them. Now, it took an act of faith to sacrifice the lamb and to put its blood on your doorpost and on the lintel. That was an act of faith to do that. And if you did this, 
God says, I'll pass over. I'll enter into your home and make a covenant with you through that blood on your house. I'll enter into covenant with you and I'll protect you from my wrath poured out on Egypt. And I want to note that if you didn't do this, for whatever reason, if you just said, oh, I'm not buying this, I, you know, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to kill a lamb. You know, if that was your idea, if that was your position, you would have suffered the judgment poured out that was intended for Egypt and not his own people. That's important to note. Let me go on. Verses 21 through 28 of Exodus chapter 12. Moses then summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go, pick out lambs for your families and slaughter the Passover offering. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood that is in the basin, and apply some of the blood that is in the basin to the lintel and to the two doorposts. None of you shall go outside the door of his house until morning. For when the Lord goes through to smite the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the lintel and the two doorposts. And the Lord will pass over the door and not let the destroyer enter and smite your home. That's powerful in every way when you think about it. And when you understand that this event that we, uh, that we memorialize every year uh, during Passover, this event was a natural and physical deliverance out of Egypt, pointing forward to the greater and deeper spiritual deliverance and redemption that would come in Messiah. So don't lose sight of that. Here's a big question. How did the blood of a lamb protect them? How, how did that provide for them an escape from the wrath of God? How was it that the blood of the lamb somehow secured a covenant relationship with God who was, who was bringing judgment against Egypt? That's a great question. So coming back to this, I, I, I want to spring forward and then come back to the text. But let me uh, uh, move forward into Leviticus chapter 17 and give us a framework of how the blood does this. Leviticus 17, 10 through 12 says this. And if anyone in the house of Israel or of the strangers who reside among them partakes of any blood, I will set my face against the person who partakes of the blood and I will cut him off from among his kin. Verse 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have assigned it to you for making expiation or atonement for your lives upon the altar. It is the blood as life that affects expiation, again, atonement. Therefore, I say to the Israelite people, no person among you shall partake of blood, nor shall the stranger who resides among you partake of the blood. So here we have this idea that life atones for life, that God has given to us the souls of, of animals to offer up as a substitution for our own lives. The wages of sin is death. And God's saying, you know what? I'm going to allow you to give an animal on your behalf and to shed its blood and offer its life as an atonement for your sins. And so the blood of the lamb coming back to this Egypt uh, Exodus, the blood of the lamb, that lamb was a living soul. And that living soul was, was by extension given as an atonement for their sins in type and shadow, of course. 
And so when God saw that, that his people responded to him in faith and did what he asked them to do, prepping them, of course, for this greater redemption that would later come in Messiah, that he would pass over, enter into covenant, enter into their homes, and protect them from the destroyer that he had released on Egypt. It's an amazing thing to see that. So keep in mind, the blood of the lamb was central to the Passover event in the Exodus. Verse 24, you shall observe this as an institution for all, all time. What? He's talking about the Passover memorial, how we keep Passover every year, that we're to do this every year in remembrance of what took place in Exodus. He says, you shall observe this as an institution for all time for you and your descendants. And when you enter the land that the Lord will give you, as he promised, you shall observe this right. And when your children ask you, what do you mean by this right? You shall say, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord because he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians, but saved our houses. So we do this 3,500 years later, we're still doing this. Why? Because it's a reminder of how God saves us. He saves us through substitutionary atonement, life for life. First the natural, then the spiritual. The first deliverance was physical. The second one is spiritual. The second one is in Messiah. So God's lamb, if if I can say that, God has a lamb. It's his son. He is the Messiah. He is the Passover sacrifice of the father for us. God's lamb would be sacrificed for our sins and atonement made so that we could be saved and delivered from the realm of sin and death. This is what Passover points forward to. And this is a much deeper bondage, This the bondage to sin and shame. It's a much deeper bondage with eternal consequences. So by doing this event every year, this Passover prepares us for the greater redemption. It, it points us forward to the Messiah, the Lamb of God, who will atone for the sin of the world. So let's fast forward. John chapter 1, verse 29. says, The next day John sees Yeshua coming to him and says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John understood it. He understood that Passover pointed forward to the Messiah and that in the Messiah there would be a greater redemption, a greater salvation, one that related to this whole spiritual domain of sin and shame, that in the Lamb of God, Yeshua the Messiah, there would be an ultimate salvation, a forgiveness, a reconciliation with God. This is what he saw in Yeshua. Yeshua is the long-awaited sacrificial Lamb of God. He went willingly to his death on the cross. He poured out his blood and gave his life as an atonement for our sin, for your sin, so that we could be forgiven, so that you could be forgiven and restored to God forever. Yeshua is our Passover lamb. There's no more temple. There's no more sacrifices. Those were types and shadows that related to the natural realm, the physical realm. Once Messiah came, Yeshua, 2,000 years ago, there was no more need for these because he's the fullness of all of those. 
in him, they find their fullness, the temple, the sacrifices, the atonement of God. It finds its fullness in Messiah, Yeshua, the Mashiach. And the only way to fulfill Passover, which we do every year in memory of that first Exodus and the second one in Messiah, the only way to fulfill Passover is to embrace the Lamb of God in your heart by faith and to receive his sacrificial death as an atonement for your sin. This is the meaning and fullness of these passages. I encourage you right now. I encourage you, if this is making sense to you, I encourage you right now to stop and get on your knees before the living God and pray. Tell your Father in heaven that you humble yourself and that you put your trust in his Son, Yeshua the Messiah. Tell him that you believe that he is the Lamb of God, that Yeshua is the Lamb of God who has come to take away the sin of the world, even your sin. Tell your Father in heaven that you embrace his Son as your Savior and your King. Tell him that. You will not be disappointed. He will save you. He will forgive you. He will cleanse you from your sin and restore you to himself. I encourage you to go to our website, graftedin.com. That's G-R-A-F-T-E-D-I-N.com. And write us. Tell us of your faith in the Lamb of God. We would love to hear from you. Well, that concludes our program for this week. A special thanks to our great King, Yeshua the Messiah, and to our listeners and supporters for making this podcast possible through your prayers and financial giving. Thank you. Know that in your prayers and giving, you are partnering with us as we advance the kingdom of Messiah in Israel, the United States, and throughout the world. We are a highly rated and listened to Messianic podcast on iTunes under the category of Judaism. Subscribe now. Pray with us. Give financially. And share the vision and power of this podcast with everyone you know. Baruch Hashem. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm your host, Pastor Mark, and until our next show, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua the Messiah. Shalom. Torah Talk has been brought to you by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation located at 8891 Hose Boulevard in Thornton, Colorado. Your host has been Pastor Mark McClellan. Join us for Sabbath services at 1 p.m. next Saturday afternoon. For more information, please call us at 303-761-9948 or visit our website at www.graftedin.com. God bless you and shalom.